All right. Um, he did such an awesome job this morning. Um, I'm going to try tonight. I've been studying and praying and asking God to give me what he would want me to say. Um, God's promise to us is you will have power. In Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then it continues to say, but you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God also asks of us a promise, and that promise is, I will seek to sense, hear, and see the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and its place in our lives, but we can have the Spirit but not let the Spirit of God have us. Pastor John asked a question this morning at the end of his message, and I'm going to start with the same question. Is there anything in your life that needs to be removed? I found some things that we may need to consider. We can grieve the Spirit with our angry words and our rebellion. Ephesians 4, 31 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Isaiah 63.10 says, and they re but they rebelled against him and grieved his spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. The Holy Spirit should never be pushed away, ignored, or rejected. If you would remember that the one who lives in us is God's own spirit, we would be much more selective about what we think, what we read, watch, say, and do. And we talked about that this morning in Sunday school in my class about we were talking about living a holy life and in order to live that holy life there's some things that we have to stop doing and one of those things that I had when I was thinking about living a holy life I love to read and I would read anything and I mean anything that was put in front of me and I had to start what I was started God was bringing the Holy Spirit was speaking to me as I was reading I love read romances historical romances um and Fern Michaels used to be one of my favorite authors, but God started telling me, what are you reading? So I would, I get to the first two or three pages and the book usually ended up in the trash can when God's, the spirit started speaking to me about what I was reading because it wasn't what I as a Christian should be reading to live a holy life. I had to get rid of it. So today if somebody gives me a bag of books, and I start reading one of them. They go, one of them. I promise you, some of them's going to end up in the trash. And somebody said, "Well, bring them to me." I said, "Why would I bring you something that God has convicted me of reading for you to read?" I said, "That's not going to happen." You know, and it's the same thing with TV. The Holy Spirit will convict you of watching some things. Used to, we, Gene and I never thought anything about it, but now. Well, we flip more channels because there's so many bad words on TV, you can't hardly watch anything. You know, I mean, there's, there's very few that you can watch that doesn't have, even the kids' shows. Parents have to be so careful with what the kids watch because they take and twist things around on their little things. One of the girls that works with me, she all of a sudden this word kept coming out of her little girl's mouth. And she's like, where are you hearing that at? 
And it was from some little cartoon that the little girl had watched over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, here she was saying this bad word. And she's like, oh, mommy, it's time for so-and-so. And mommy goes in there. And this word comes out of this cartoon's mouth. She's like, I'm sorry, but mommy's not allowing you to watch that anymore. She said, well, I wondered why, mommy, because they say bad words. The child had enough sense to realize, but mommy thought because it was a child's thing that it was okay. So we have to be careful to watch what we say and do. And I learned this the hard way from working with children, parents. Be careful what you say around your children because I promise you if you say it, they will repeat it to somebody. And sometimes it may be very embarrassing because I had to go to a parent and I say, you may want to say, you know, not talk about this in front of her. Why? What'd she say? And I told her, she's like, oh, no, no, please don't tell me. She said, yeah. So we have to watch even especially with non-Christians. They watch what we do to see if we mess up. But the Holy Spirit will speak to you about what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're acting. We can also resist the Spirit by our disobedience. Acts 7.51 says, you stubborn people, you heathens. Heathen, let me clarify, in the New King James, it says you uncircumcised, at heart and deaf to the truth. You must be forever resist the holy spirit must you forever resist the holy spirit so what's your ancestors that's what your ancestors did and so do you resist means to rebel against what you we are called by the spirit to do i know from myself personal experience i rebelled at home and i bet if i say this if your mom and daddy told you not to date somebody that's exactly who you wanted to date Mm-hmm. Yeah, you too. Because we were rebelling in the only way we knew how to rebel by going against what they wanted us to do. And that's just like with God. I've had people say, well, I, can't, I can do that. Okay, well, good. You can help us do that. And then when it comes to the point of doing that, well, I just don't feel that's what God wants me to do. How do we know? How do we know it's not what God really has called us to do? Not us just changing our mind, us being disobedient to the Spirit. When the Spirit speaks to us and says, you need to do this, we're never too old to do something in the church. You are never too old. Um, no, you're never too young either. You think you are because I'm not old. I'm not, gra I'm not part of the graying out club. <laughs> but I, I loved the fact that God will speak to you. I have tried in the past not to do things that God has asked me. The Spirit has spoken to me and says, you need to do this. I have tried to get out of it, but the Spirit says, oh, no, you don't. You're going to do this because God wants you to do it, and you can do it. And I have learned that what if I think I cannot do it, then God will give me his spirit to guide me and strengthen me and help me to get through what I didn't think I could do. And so don't re, you, you will never out-resist the spirit, I promise you that. He will get you. I know, and I'm going to use Courtney, because I know Courtney never thought she would be where she was at singing on the praise team and helping the ladies 
the wow our women of worth ministry in the way that she has helped and and will continue to help and some of the others i've had people say i can't speak yes you can god will give you what you need listen to the holy spirit direct you we test or conspire against the spirit in our plotting perfect example is acts 5 9 and I'll give you the I'm gonna give you the preview. Y'all know about Ananias and Sapphira. They sold the land. They were supposed to give all the money to the church. Well, they didn't. They plotted and kept some of it back. Well, what happened to Ananias when Peter confronted him? He dropped dead. The young men carried him out. Sapphira came in. She stuck to their story that they had. You know, this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. She stuck to it, and Peter says in Acts 5, 9, and Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. She died instantly for conspiring against God. We don't want to conspire against God. He will win in the end. The next one is we can quench the Spirit by having no regard for God's teaching. We're sitting under, and I'm teaching, so I hope God speaks. No, I have prayed that God will speak to hearts about the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. But we can quench him. We can quench him by letting the enemy come in during a teaching, Sunday school, Bible study, whatever, and distract us. I mean, I could stand here and I could say, oh, gosh, i got to go into work tomorrow, and I hope these people behave themselves over the weekend. Please, Lord, don't let me have 60 folders for work, at work in the morning when I go in. But that's not what I'm wanting to focus on. I'm focusing on what God wants me to do right now. But he will come in. And how many of you have had in your prayer time, you get on your prayer, you forgot to cut your phone down, that thing beeps or buzzes or rings or something, right in the middle of you starting your prayer time? The enemy trying to keep you from doing what the Holy Spirit needs you to do. Or you, then you end up cutting your prayer time short or your Bible study short because you run out of time getting ready for work or getting the kids ready. The Holy Spirit needs your time because you need that time with the Holy Spirit to let him speak to you, not to quench him, not to stop him. Thessalonians First uh, Thessalonians five nineteen through 20 says, Never damp the fire of the Spirit and never despise what is spoken in the name of the Lord. That comes from the Philip New Testament. Don't dampen him. I have been in services in this church where the Spirit has been quenched by somebody having said something to somebody before the service started and there's just an air that comes over it. It's like a big old cloud that just waits down on the church. We as a church have to be in unity. We have to be unified. We have to be as one in order for things to happen within these church walls. We can't harbor anything against somebody. Quench means to resist his influence by trying to smother or put out a fire. One of the fundamental rules of walking with God is that we should not say no to the Spirit. I want to ask you some blunt questions. Don't want you to answer them out loud. But it's part of what can quench a spirit. Are you persistent in disobedience? 
Are you refusing to forgive someone? Are you harboring hatred? Are you persisting in an adulterous relationship? Immoral, in immoral activity? In dishonest practices? Are you feeding your flesh and rejecting your, neglecting your faith? If you answer yes to these, then you're quenching the Holy Spirit within yourself. There's questions that we need to ask. We ask God to examine our heart and show us what we may be doing that quenches his spirit within our lives, that doesn't let us fully do what he has called us to do or ask us to do. We can quench that spirit. Do you, know, do you want his power, his direction, his strength? Well, if you do, Galatians 5.25 says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every parts of our lives. The God under the direction of the Holy Spirit has given us a mission. What is that mission? It's in Acts 1.8. We're to witness and to live in unity. In order to witness, we have to be prepared by the Holy Spirit to complete this mission. The mission does not exclude anyone. If you are to witness to somebody, God will put that person, the Spirit will put that person in your heart. And it can be something as simple as a hello or a good morning. That can brighten somebody's day. It doesn't have to be go up and grab your Bible and beat them over the head with it. That's not the witness that I'm talking about. Your testimony. Some of you have testimonies that will reach other people that I could never reach. Somebody, I'm praying God will send somebody that can reach my brother. I can't reach my brother. So I pray for the Holy Spirit to prepare somebody that can go to my brother and witness to him. Some of you know my brother. My brother will do anything in the world for you. He's a good guy, but he's lost. Now that his girlfriend's left him, I'm scared he's taking up drinking again. So what I'm going to have to start doing is praying God every time he takes a drink, make him sick as a dog. It works. Don't You can laugh, but I've done it one time before. God answered my prayer, and he kept saying, please, sis, stop praying. Because he was, it was working. God was making him sick. If that's what it takes, then I'm willing to pray that. Because I love my brother, and I don't want him to go to hell. So, but the Holy Spirit has prompted me that I've got, I can't stop. I got to stop beating him over the head. I got to stop getting on him. I got to t I'll tell him and say, well, I'd love to see you in church. I'm coming, sis. Okay, Bubba, I'm expecting to see you. He said, I'm going to surprise you. Okay. And now I let it go at that. Because the more you say to them, the further they go away. So the best thing to do is shut up. No matter, Miss Jeannie, that was a good shut up. Okay. <sighs> she puts you in time out if you say the s word so i want him to hear about jesus but i want it to be the person that this holy spirit speaks to and sends to my brother god sent aaron mars to my my husband he's here because aaron mars had enough desire within his heart to share the word of god as to what god has done for him so Aaron would call my husband. It had to be Aaron stuttered. For those of you who didn't know Aaron, Aaron stuttered bad. But he would call faithfully every Saturday night after he got saved. And he would call my husband. 
and he would ask Gene to come to church. Well, at first he'd talk to me and say, is Gene going to get mad? I'd say no, because he loved Aaron. But Aaron and God, his obedience to the Holy Spirit is why my husband's sitting here. God convicted him and Aaron, he used Aaron to do that. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. So don't ever give up on those you love. Just pray that this God will send somebody to them. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we think love, we think love, think love and see the way God does. We change. We take on a new identity. We become someone who reflects God's holiness. We're living a holy life, so we have to reflect God. The Holy Spirit will direct us to a place or position where we can grow if we are willing to follow the directions that are given to, to us. As a church, we need to be unified in unity with God and each other so we can grow spiritually, grow closer to God and closer to each other. All the negativity will have to stop, the backbiting, the gossip, and the slander, the malice, the lying, the evil that pleases the enemy so much and hinders us. So I want to ask about our unity in this church. We, we can grow. We can become more unified. And the stronger we become, the more unified we become. When the forces are stronger, then our witness is stronger. We grow stronger. We get stronger in our witness, and we can reach more people. And that's what the church is about, is reaching lost people. We can reach our family members or your family members or, or the neighbors, the people in this neighborhood. Some scripture that I found that talked about the unity of the church. It gave me one verse in Psalm 133. I forgot to borrow your prop. This is anointing oil. This is what the scripture, Psalms 133, talks about. It says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion, and the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. I don't know if you've ever smelt this oil when pastor has anointed you for somebody or for yourself. This is pomegranate. There's two up there. One's frankincense, and this is pomegranate. But you can smell the sweet spirit this all represents as the Holy Spirit. It was poured over Aaron when he became the, the priest. Can you imagine having the Holy Spirit poured over you like you would pour this all over your head that's what unity is being one with the holy spirit and allowing it to direct your life the other scripture is found in ephesians chapter 4 therefore i a prisoner for serving the lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling 
for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other because each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the Spirit scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. That clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ together with peace. We need to be united. We need to stand together. We need to love together. We need to worship together. That's what God requires of us. We can't grow if we're going against each other. We have to be together. Tonight, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have a love feast. And Pastor John's going to explain the love feast to you. The uh, a love feast has the ability to be really powerful, but the aspect and the thing of a love feast is is that we we have to be true. Uh, you know, um, we can't. Well. You can't be like I was in the first love feast that I ever went to when it was, uh, you know, let's see how fast I can get rid of my piece of bread. Uh, you know, now, I, I will tell you that you cannot eat your piece of bread, okay? You were supposed to eat pieces of bread of someone else that comes to you, okay? So what we're doing is, is we're sharing our love. So... The easiest way to do this is, is I'm going to grab me a piece of bread, okay, and, and I'm going to go to the nice couple that's over here that's visiting us, and not to embarrass them, but just simply so that I can show them that even though this is your first time here, we are still family because we believe in Jesus Christ,
and believing in Jesus Christ, we are brothers and sisters. Okay? So what we do is, is I do this, and in all honesty, I walk up to her and I say, I love you in Jesus Christ. And she takes a piece of my bread. Yes. Okay? Now, if she had a piece of bread, I would take a piece from hers, and then we would both eat. And then we would eat the bread. So that's how you get rid of it. Or not get rid of it. That's how you distribute it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be honest with a young lady here. And I'm going to do this. And look. If I have said anything to hurt you. Or to hurt your family. I ask for forgiveness. So Gene and I are going to pass out the bread. And then as Robbie plays, you're going to go to the people around you. And you're going to tell them that you love them. If there is something specific in their life that you love about it, tell them. If you just love them because they're brother and sister in Christ, let them know. That you love them. Because that love goes deeper than any love that can ever be. Because we can only truly love through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. have to stand up to be able to go to the other people. I don't know how that's going to work.